popular with everyone. However, in light of all the communication that we have been receiving over the past couple of weeks, in light of the information that we have shared on social media, in light of the obvious COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, we believe it's wisest and best for us to take this precaution uh, for the protection of all of our church family members and our guests that God brings our way week in and week out, and so that we can do our part in the containment effort of this virus. So I want to ask you to pray with us and pray for us as we continue to seek God's will and wisdom for our church family moving forward. It is certainly my hope and prayer that we will worship again in person together real soon. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for today. And God, I just thank you that you are a sovereign God, that you are in charge, that you are in control, that Father God, in the midst of ever-changing times, in the midst of scary times and chaotic times, we have a never-changing God who loves us and who is at work in us and through us and around us and who is with us every step that we take. And so, Father God, I pray that you would continue doing your work in our midst, even this morning as we worship you uh, online today, as we spend time together as a church family in worship uh, in this new way. Father, we thank you for the privilege to be able to continue uh, to worship you in this way together online. And so, Father, we know that you're going to speak to us. I pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see exactly what it is you want to share with us uh, so that we might continue uh, to be effective witnesses and ministers for Jesus to all those you place around us. Father God, we ask that you would give us wisdom as we seek to be the light of the world uh, in the midst of the culture that we're living in, in the midst of the challenges that have been brought our way uh, through this uh, pandemic. And Father, we pray that you would give us the strength and your wisdom to do your will today and this week. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 5. We are continuing in our series titled Walking Wisely. Wisdom is seeing and living life God's way. Wisdom is the skill and ability to see life from God's perspective, to see ourselves, others, and our circumstances the way God sees us, others, and our circumstances, to see life from God's point of view. Wisdom is also the skill and ability to live life in God's power, to put all that we see and know about God and his word into practice in our lives, to respond to God uh, by faith in God in obedience to God day by day. Paul wrote to us about the importance of wisdom in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, beginning in verse 15, and I will read through verse 17. Paul wrote these words to us, pay careful attention then to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. It's as if reading these words today that Paul is living among us today as he writes these words because they ring so true for us today. And yet we know Paul wrote these words a couple of thousand years ago. Walking wisely was important for Paul in his culture and day and time, just as walking wisely is important for us today. 
Walking wisely begins in a relationship with God by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. As we trust in God and depend on God, God equips us and empowers us by his Holy Spirit in us to walk wisely day by day. I don't think there is any coincidence to the fact that God has us in the middle of our series titled Walking Wisely when we look at all that's going around us today uh, in regards to the pandemic and everything else that's going on. Walking wisely is truly a must for us as followers of Jesus Christ. And so Paul shared some steps with us that we can take to help us walk wisely today. And we've been looking at these points over the past couple of weeks. We'll continue making our way through this morning. Uh, walking wisely means, first and foremost, walking wisely means be careful. Paul said in verses 15 and 16, pay careful attention then to how you live, uh, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. We need to pay careful attention to how we live and walk as followers of Jesus Christ day by day to make sure that we are living and walking wisely, not unwisely. Paul reminded us that we need to make the most of the time and the money and the opportunities that God gives us every day to help others come to know Jesus and grow in Jesus and go for Jesus because time is short. The days are evil and people need Jesus. And so we know walking wisely means we need to be careful. Secondly, walking wisely means we need to be clear. We need to be clear. Paul said in verse 17, so don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. We need to be clear about the Lord's will so that we can understand and follow the Lord's will for our lives. Paul said, so don't be foolish. Uh, this can also be translated, stop being foolish. Foolish means without wisdom, without sense and understanding. It means to be unwise. So Paul commanded us, stop being foolish. Don't be foolish. Don't live unwisely, but instead rather understand what the Lord's will is. The good news for us this morning is we can know God's will for our lives, which is just an amazing truth for you and for me. We can know what God wants us to do. We can know where God wants us to go. We can know how God wants us to live and walk as followers of Jesus Christ on a day-by-day -day basis. We can know, we can understand and follow God's will, or Paul would never have challenged us to understand what the Lord's will is. Paul also reminded us in Romans chapter 12, in verses 1 and 2, he said, Therefore, brothers and sisters, I, based on the mercies of God, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. As Christ followers, we can discern, we can understand, we can know what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God for our lives. 
And we know this because God has told us this in his word. God wants us to know his will because his will is best for us, which is awesome news for you and for me. Especially living in these days and times, we can know that we know that we know what the Lord's will is for us uh, in our day-to-day lives. Great encouragement for you and me today and this week as we look forward to following God's will for our lives. And so, The question that I want us to answer this morning is real simple. How can we understand the Lord's will? How can we understand the Lord's will for our lives? How can you understand the Lord's will? How can I understand the Lord's will for our lives? Understanding the Lord's will is going to require us to make a few decisions every day all through each day. Understanding the Lord's will first means I must give up. Understanding God's will for your life and my life means, first and foremost, we must give up. As we shared last Sunday, understanding and following God's will for our lives begins with surrender. We surrendered our lives to God as followers of Jesus Christ when God saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. We died to sin and self, and we were made alive by God to new life, abundant life, eternal life with God in Christ Jesus. And this is why Paul told us, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, in view of how God saved us, in view of how God breathed spiritual life into our spiritually dead bodies, in view of the knowledge that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. In view of the knowledge that there is no one or nothing that can separate us from God's love for us in Christ Jesus. In view of all the blessings we have received from God in Christ Jesus, Paul told us, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Paul is telling us, as Christ followers, we must give up. We must surrender ourselves, our time, our talents, and our treasures to God every day, all through the day. We must give up on a day-by-day basis. The challenge for us at times, and the truth of the matter is, we don't like to give up our will at times. Times such as when someone cuts us off in traffic as we're driving rapidly to get where we need to go. Times when someone pulls into the parking spot that we waited so patiently for uh, what seemed like an eternity. Times when someone cuts in line uh, at the restaurant or at the store. Times like these and others, the truth is we really want our will instead of God's will. Why? Because we would like to share with those folks how unhappy we are with their actions that they have taken that have hindered us from doing what we want to do. The challenge for us uh, is to understand we wrestle with God's will at times because understanding and following God's will means we need to change. We're going to need to change what we want. We're going to need to change what we think is best. We're going to need to change how we see life according to our own perspective. We're going to need to yield all that. We're going to need to give it all up so that we can understand and follow God's will. The good news 
is this, God will help us. He will fill us with the desire to give up and get out of his way so that we can understand and follow his will day by day. All we have to do is ask. As we give up each day, we are able to walk by the Spirit and not the flesh. And so we see if we're going to understand what God's will is for our lives, we know and understand each day, every day, all through the day and into the evening, you and I must give up. You must give up and I must give up so that we can walk by the power of the Holy Spirit living within us instead of walking by the power of our flesh. Understanding the Lord's will also means, secondly, I must grow in. You and I must grow in. Paul said in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, as we continue looking at this passage, Paul said, do not be conformed to this age or to this world. Don't be conformed, fashioned, or shaped into the world's mold, into the world's beliefs and messages and shape. This age or this world is defined as the beliefs and messages of those who are living in rebellion against God and in opposition to God. As John told us in 1 John 5, 19, we know that we are of God and the whole world is under the sway, the influence of the evil one. So we must, on a day-by-day -day basis, guard our minds, as Paul's reminding us, so that our thinking is not conformed or shaped or molded to the world's beliefs and messages which are opposed to God and in rebellion against God, which is why we must grow in day after day after day. This is a challenge for us to not allow our minds to be conformed, to not allow our thinking to be conformed to this age. Let me give you a simple example of what I'm talking about. We must grow in. We must not allow our minds to be conformed or shaped or molded into the world's beliefs and messages which are opposed to God. One example of this is a real simple example is the world's message, trust your heart. Trust your heart or follow your heart. We hear this all the time. The heart knows what's best. The heart knows what's most important for itself. This sounds good, but this is not good. This is actually terrible advice. Jeremiah, the Old Testament prophet, said in Jeremiah 17 and verse 9, the heart is more deceitful than anything else. It's incurable. It's beyond cure. Who can understand it? The truth is, the last thing we need to do as followers of Jesus Christ is to trust our heart, is to follow the leading of our heart, because our heart is deceitful. It'll lead us in the wrong direction. Solomon had it right when Solomon said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Think about God in all your ways, and he will make your path straight. And so we know and understand that we're to grow in to God. We're to trust in the Lord. As we've said before, God wants us to fill our minds with his truth, not the world's trash. And that happens as we grow in our relationship with God by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. Paul then said, do not be conformed to this age, but 
be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So let's look at some points that we can apply in our lives, some steps that we can take that will help us to grow in our relationship with God, that will help us to be able to understand and follow God's will for our lives. We must give up. We must grow in. So let's look at a few points about how we can grow in as followers of Jesus Christ. I believe these points will encourage each of us today and this week as we seek to understand and follow God's will for us. We know first and foremost, the first point is spiritual growth is a process. Spiritual growth is a process. Paul said, but be transformed. Be transformed is a verb in the present tense. That means each day we are to continue day by day in our transformation, in our spiritual growth. As followers of Jesus Christ, our transformation, our spiritual growth is a daily work, a daily process that happens within us as followers of Jesus Christ. So first and foremost, spiritual growth, this transforming work, is a process. Secondly, spiritual growth is a command. It's a command for us. Be transformed is an imperative. It's a command from God through Paul to you and me. Be transformed is not a choice for us to consider. Be transformed is a command for us to obey. So we know spiritual growth is a process. Praise God, it's a process for you and me that takes place throughout our lives. We know spiritual growth is a command. As followers of Christ, we're not only to give up each day, but we're also to grow in each day. But then the third point we see, and I love this third point, spiritual growth is by God. Now let me explain what I mean by this. Be transformed is an imperative it's in the present tense, but it's in the passive voice, which means the work or the action done inside of us is done by someone other than us. Be transformed as in the passive voice. That means we are passive. It's not an active voice, meaning we actively do the transforming. No, be transformed as in the passive voice. That means the transformation, the spiritual growth, it happens inside of us by someone other than us. Now, renewing, he said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing is also in the passive voice, which means the renewing work or action, just like the transforming work and action, the renewing work and action is done inside of us by someone other than us. The Holy Spirit of God who dwells within us at the moment of salvation is the one who transforms and renews us day by day. Isn't that great news for you and me? It's not up to us to transform ourselves. It's not up to us to grow ourselves into the likeness of Christ Jesus. No, we give up and God grows us up and grows us in our relationship with him. We Give up. That is our active part, is to give up. Our active part is to give up and get with God. God's part, then, is to grow us up and in Christ Jesus. God, by his Holy Spirit in us, transforms us. God, by his Holy Spirit in us, renews our minds. How exciting for you and for me 
as followers of Jesus Christ. Fourth point is God uses his word in his work. God uses his word in his work. And so we know and understand God is at work in each one of us. We just mentioned this. God is at work in each one of us, transforming us into the likeness of Jesus. God's work in us includes renewing our minds. Renewing, that word, means to refresh, to renovate, to make new. So God renews our minds. He makes our thinking new by his Holy Spirit with his word. As Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16 and 17, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful. It's profitable for teaching us, rebuking us, correcting us, and training us in righteousness so that the man and woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. As we fill our minds with God's word, the Holy Spirit of God who lives in us, he renews, he renovates, he refreshes our minds according to the truth of God's word so that we might be able to think and act and feel the way God wants us to think and act and feel. You see, God has filled his word with his wisdom that helps us to understand and follow his will for us. As we've shared last week, God revealed his will for us in his word to us, which therefore allows us by the power of his Holy Spirit in us to understand and follow his will. As we shared last Sunday, we spent some time focusing on this point, and we focused on God's moral will. God's moral will is God's desires, God's commands, and God's principles that he has shared with us in his word that we are to study and understand and obey day by day as followers of Jesus Christ. God has revealed his will, his moral will to us in his word. And God's moral will, God's revealed will for us is true for all followers of Jesus Christ. It's true for all of us. And we understand this as we look into the word of God. We know it's God's will for us to stay away from sexual immorality because Paul told us in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 3, for this is God's will, your sanctification that you keep away from sexual immorality. We know it's God's will for us to be thankful and grateful. Paul told us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We know it's God's will for us to stay alert spiritually day by day, because Peter told us in 1 Peter 5 and verse 8, be alert, be sober-minded, be on guard, for your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. We know it's God's will for us to make disciples of all nations, because Jesus told us in Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe 
everything that I've commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. We know it's God's will for us to love one another as Christ loves us because Jesus told us in John 13, verses 34 and 35, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know you are my disciples if you love one another. God's will for you and for me is to obey God's word to you and me. It's God's will for us to obey his commands to us. And we grow in God as we get in God's word. The more we know God's word, the more we will know and understand and follow God's will. And so we see spiritual growth. This transforming work is by God at work in us, and God uses his word and his work in us, which is so important for each of us. It's so important for us to take time to get in this word day by day. It's so important for us to spend time understanding this word, reading this word, committing this word to memory so that we can then live out this word in our day-to-day lives because God is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. A fifth point that we see is God uses prayer in his work. God uses prayer in his transforming, renewing work in us. God reveals his will for us as we spend time with God in prayer. As we spend time with God day after day after day in prayer, God reveals his will for us by his Holy Spirit in us, and many times through prayer and through the time in God's word as we are praying and seeking God in his word. He reveals his will for us. Listen, prayer was a must for Jesus. Prayer was a must for Paul. Prayer was a must for Peter. Prayer is a must for all of us as followers of Jesus Christ. We need to pray alone. We need to pray with one another, and we need to pray for one another. Paul told us, Do not be anxious about anything. And how important are these words for us today in the time in which we're living right now? Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends and surpasses all knowledge, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God transcends all our knowledge, all our understanding. We guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. David the psalmist told us, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cries for help. This is one of the reasons why David said, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I plead my case and watch expectantly. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. As David said, I I plead my case. I present my request. I cast my cares on you. I present all of my concerns to you. And then, Father God, I watch expectantly for you to do your work in me, through me, and around me. Jesus himself told us, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For the one who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Notice, Jesus told us our prayers will be answered. 
But he didn't tell us when, and he didn't tell us how. That's for us to find out as we continue growing in our relationship with him day by day by day. Understand, as we shared before, God's will for us is not based on a checklist or formula for us to follow. God's will for us is based on a loving relationship with us to enjoy. And so as we walk in fellowship with God day by day, as we spend time with God in his word, as we spend time with God in prayer, as we spend time with our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, as we spend time focusing on the Lord, as we spend time serving the Lord, as we spend time ministering to the congregations God has given to us, as we spend time in worship of our Heavenly Father, just proclaiming His greatness and His goodness, as we spend time in fellowship with God, God will make His will clear to us. He'll make His will clear for us so that we can understand it and so that we can follow it step by step, moment by moment, day by day. I want to point out an example of this in God's Word. It's a fantastic example of this truth in God's Word. This passage is full of amazing encouragement for us as followers of Jesus Christ. It's in Acts chapter 16. So I'll give you just a moment. If you want to turn to your left and turn to Acts chapter 16, I want to read this passage briefly. What's going on here in Acts chapter 16? Paul and Silas are getting ready uh, to head out on the second missionary journey uh, of Paul. Paul and Barnabas went on the first missionary journey, and they went uh, through Asia, and they went and planted churches and encouraged believers. And uh, after a, a time of rest, they were getting ready to go out on their second missionary journey. And Barnabas took John Mark, and they went to Cyprus. Uh, Paul selected Silas, and they were going to go back up through Asia and ultimately into Europe, uh, revisiting these churches that he had planted in the first missionary journey to encourage them uh, in their faith and trust in Christ Jesus. The church in Antioch had laid hands on Paul and Silas and sent them out, blessed them to go forth and share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations, encouraging those churches and believers that had already uh, seen the work of the Lord and those churches that had been planted in the first journey. Early on in this second journey, Paul and Silas added Timothy to their ministry team, and then obviously Luke was a part of their mission team as Luke was writing these words for us in Acts chapter 16. But we'll begin reading in verse 6. Luke wrote these words, they went through, and that's Paul and Silas, and ultimately Timothy's going to be joining them as well. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galaticos. They have been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galacticos. They had been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word of God in Asia, which is the area, today modern-day Turkey, which is the area that they had planted the churches in on the first missionary journey. When they came to Musia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So these guys were committed, appointed, and sent out by God to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations. And as they were making their way to do exactly what they believed God called them to do, the Holy Spirit of God wouldn't allow them to do it. Passing by Musia, they went down to Troas. I can only imagine what they're thinking. 
You can imagine with me. As they're making their way and they're going and they're trying to do what God's called them to do. And they turn left. Nope, not going left. They try to turn up to right. Nope, not going right. And so they continued. Passing by Musia, they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision in which a Macedonian man was standing and pleading with him. Cross over to Macedonia and help us. After he had seen the vision, we immediately made efforts to set out for Macedonia. Look at this. Concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. God made his will clear to Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke as they walked in fellowship with God. As they walked by the Holy Spirit of God directing them. As they made their way to Troas, which was on the coast. They got there, and as they walked in fellowship with God, God made his will clear to them. And he told them, you're now going to go across. You're going to go over into Europe, into Macedonia, and beyond to share the good news of Jesus Christ with those folks in that nation. And they were able to understand and follow the Lord's will. I love how Luke said, we concluded that it was God's will for us to go and preach the gospel to them. As we walk in fellowship with God day by day, he will make his will clear to us. And he'll make his will clear for us step by step. We read, we pray, we watch, we listen, and God will speak to us by his Holy Spirit in us in such a way that we will be able to understand and follow his will. And as we've seen in this passage, and we won't dive into the depths of this passage, but as we see in this passage, God will make his will clear to us when we need a course correction, when we begin to go off course. God, by his Holy Spirit, will correct us back with his conviction, and he'll bring us back so that we can stay on line with his will for our lives, and we can continue seeking and following him day by day by his Holy Spirit who works, who transforms, who renews us day by day so that we may understand what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God for our lives. And so we see understanding the Lord's will is going to require us day by day, all throughout the day. We're going to have to give up, and that happens over and over and over again throughout each day. We're going to have to grow in. We're going to have to take time to get with God throughout each day, not just on Sunday mornings and Sunday afternoons in our life teams and Wednesday night in our Transform You Discipleship classes. That means all throughout the week. We're going to get in this word. We need to grow in as followers of Jesus Christ, as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And then understanding the Lord's will also means I must go out. You and I must go out. We give up, we grow in, and then we go out. As God reveals his will to us by his Holy Spirit in us, we go out in faith in God. We are able to understand and follow the will of God by the power of the Holy Spirit of God who lives in us. We are able to go where God asks us to go. We're able to do what God asks us to do as we go out in faith 
in God, knowing that God is the one who inspires and motivates and supplies the faith for us even to go out. And I love what Luke shared here in this passage. Luke said, after he had seen the vision, we immediately, immediately made efforts to set out for Macedonia. These guys demonstrated their faith in God by their obedience to God. And they understood and realized obedience to God means immediate. It means now. And we demonstrate our faith in God by our obedience to God. And we too understand the truth of God's word tells us that obedience to God means immediately. It means now. Let me just remind you of a truth that we see in this passage, a truth that we know as followers of Jesus Christ. I hope this will encourage you as as it has encouraged me again this week. We understand and, and we need to be reminded on a daily and weekly basis God's will for us will always require faith from us. God's will for us will always require faith from us because without faith, it is impossible for us to please God. You see, God's constantly calling us out of our comfort zones, out of the norm, out of the usual, out of the routine to get us out and dependence upon him, apart from our strength and wisdom, apart from our understanding and knowledge, so that we have to simply and singularly trust in him. His will for us will require faith from us. And as we go out each day in faith in God, we are able to discern, to know, to understand what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God for our lives. As we go out in faith in God each day, we're able to see and live life God's way. As we go out in faith in God each day, we're able to walk wisely, not unwisely. As we go out in faith in God each day, we are reminded that God loves us, that God is working in us and through us and around us, that God's work is best for us and all those he places around us and that God will be with us wherever we go. He will never leave us. He will never fail us. He will never forget us. He will never forsake us. He will be with us every step of our way, helping us to understand and follow his will for our lives, which is best for us. So let me encourage each of us to renew our commitment this morning to give up and to grow in and to go out in faith, in God's strength, with God's wisdom, for God's glory this day and this week. Let me ask you to bow in prayer with me for just a moment. Right there as you're comfortably seated in your home or wherever you may be, I want to encourage you just to to bow in prayer. I want to give you an opportunity uh, to make the greatest decision you can ever make in life, the decision to receive God's gift of salvation by placing your faith and trust in Christ Jesus. You see, the Bible teaches us that there's only one requirement that we have to make 
and only one requirement that we have to meet in order to have a relationship with God, and that requirement is real simple, be perfect. God is perfect, and so if we want to have a relationship with God, the only requirement we have to meet is we have to be perfect because God's perfect, and so God only has relationships with those who are perfect, and so that means we have to be perfect, and we all understand and realize that we failed to miss this requirement. We failed to meet this standard because we know and understand the Bible teaches us that we're all sinners, that we have all turned away from God and sinned against God, that we've gone our own way, that we have all said, thought, and done things that are unpleasing to God, that are against God and the truth of his word. The Bible tells us that there's none of us who are righteous, no, not one. And the Bible tells us that our sin against God separates us from God. And there's nothing that we can do to get rid of our sin and get to God on our own. You see, we are in a desperate situation. We're in trouble. We need help. We need someone who can take away our sin and bring us to God. Quite honestly, we need a Savior. And the good news of God's Word is simply this, that Jesus is our Savior. Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Jesus came to this earth and he met God's demand for a perfect sacrifice to be made so that we who are imperfect and unholy could be made right with a perfect and holy God. Jesus lived a perfect life. He was tempted as we are, yet he never sinned. Jesus died a perfect death. He was buried in the tomb, and on the third day, Jesus rose again, victorious over sin and death for you and for me. And we understand and know now today that faith in Jesus Christ is the only way for us to enter into a relationship with God. Jesus himself told us, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so we understand and realize that the wages of sin, the payment for our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we understand the Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And so I want to encourage you even now, right there in the quietness of your own home, I want to encourage you to make the greatest decision you can make in your life and make it today. Receive God's gift of salvation by placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We are able to enter a relationship with God by God's grace at work in our lives as we simply repent of our sins. As we turn from living our way and doing our thing and we turn around and we begin to live God's way. We confess our sins to God and by his power at work in us, we are able to receive relationship with God by placing our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, by receiving his gift of love and life and forgiveness of sins and salvation in Christ Jesus. And then God, by his power at work in us, continues his transforming, renewing work in us, making us more and more like Jesus from that point forward until he determines we are ready and it's time for us to spend eternity with him in heaven. So if you would like to receive this gift of salvation by placing your faith in Jesus Christ, and I want to encourage you to, to pray a simple prayer uh, like the one I'm going to pray. I want you to make sure you understand and know that prayer doesn't save anyone, 
Uh, God saves us because he understands and knows our hearts, and he knows what's going on in us. And I want you to know that God saves us from our sin, but God saves us for the Savior, Jesus. He saves us from death, but he saves us for life to do all that he has planned and prepared in advance for us to do, to grow in Christ and to minister to those he's going to place around us. This is a once an amazing, once-for-all decision to receive God's gift of salvation. He transforms and renews us and changes us from the inside out. And so you can pray a simple prayer, uh, something like this. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner, and I know that I need a Savior. I know that my sin separates me from you, and God, I know my greatest need is for your forgiveness of my sins. And I believe Jesus is my Savior. I believe Jesus came to this earth and he lived a perfect life. I believe Jesus died a perfect death on the cross of Calvary in my place, paying the price for my sins. I believe Jesus was buried in the tomb, and I believe he rose again on the third day, victorious over sin and death for me. And so right now, God, as best as I know how, I ask Jesus to come into my life, to change me from the inside out. God, would you forgive me of my sins? Would you take over and take charge of my life from this point forward. God, I surrender my all to you, and I trust that you will do your transforming and renewing work in me and through me from this point forward. God, thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for saving me by your grace through my faith in Jesus. Father God, we thank you today for your transforming, renewing work in our lives. We thank you, God, that you save us by your grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. We thank you that this is a gift from you, God, a gift of your grace, not by our works, because our works can't come close to your glory and perfection. And so, Father God, we thank you that you have saved us in Christ Jesus. God, we thank you you saved us from sin and you've saved us for the Savior, Jesus. We thank you that you've saved us for such a time as this. And God, we ask you to encourage and empower us day by day to give up, to grow in, so that we can go out as witnesses for Jesus Christ to the world you've placed us in, to minister to the congregations you've given to each of us as followers of Jesus Christ. Father God, we pray in these moments for all those across the world who are infected with this virus. God, we pray for their healing. We pray for their protection. God, we pray for their loved ones and their protection. God, we pray that you would heal them. We pray that no one else would die as a result of this virus. Father God, we pray for those who are not infected. We pray that you would continue to protect them and watch over them and take care of them, of all of us, Father God. We pray that you would be with our President Trump and all of our governmental leaders, the international, the federal, the state, the local leaders, God, all those leaders who are placed in the position of leadership to make decisions that are best to guide and direct. Father, we pray that you would give them your wisdom to make the decisions that are best for all of us. Father, we pray that you would find us faithful to number our days carefully 
so that we might develop wisdom in our hearts, so that we might be the witnesses to those you place around us in these times. God, we pray for the doctors and the nurses and all the medical workers who are caring for those who are infected, for those who are sick. God, give them strength and wisdom as they take care of those in need. God, we pray for our missionaries who are around the world sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. God, would you keep your hand of blessing and protection on them? Would you watch over them? Would you protect them, Father God? Would you protect all of us? And God, would you remind us this day and this week that you've not given us a spirit of timidity or fear, but a spirit, a power of love and of a sound mind. And God, at what time we're afraid, we can trust in you. We don't have to worry about anything, but we can pray about everything. Father God, knowing that your grace is sufficient for us and your strength is perfected in our weakness. And so, Father God, we give you the praise and the glory and the honor that you are due. We acknowledge that you are on your throne even now. And we seek to understand and follow your will for us today and this week in your strength for your glory. And it is in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. Well, I hope you've enjoyed your time of worship with us. I want to encourage you to Uh, Make use of the family sermon guide that we have online and on our app. It's available there for you uh, to use today and this week. We would love to encourage you to to answer some discussion questions we have there. We just have a couple of discussion questions for you to share with your family and with your children there in your homes. And you can dialogue with one another. And then we've got a prayer guide uh, that you can follow to pray today and this week uh, as we continue to seek to be the effective witnesses that God has called us to be Uh, as followers of Jesus Christ. And we also want to remind you and encourage you to enjoy your spring break and spring breaks. We know these spring breaks have been extended, and so uh, all the kids and teenagers are loving life right now. And so we encourage you to to enjoy your spring break. Uh, We uh, have canceled all of our services and activities for this week because this is the first week of of our spring break here in our community, and and, uh, we will be in break with everyone else for the next couple of weeks. And so we want to encourage you to spend this family time together. Please keep up to date with what's going on. We'll continue to make uh, information aware uh, online, on our app, and on our website. You can follow along with us, uh, and we'll make sure to keep you updated about all that God is uh, going to continue to do in us and through us and around us uh, as we Uh, make sure that we live wisely and not unwisely as we seek to understand and follow the Lord's will for our lives this day and this week. Just know, I love you. I have missed you here this morning, and I look forward to seeing each of you again real soon. To God be the glory for the great things he has done, he is doing, and he will continue to do in the days ahead. I love you. I hope you have a blessed day and a blessed week.